Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 7.5 million US dollars in 20 minutes. Oh. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Watch Time, your weekly download where we're talking everything internet, pop culture, gaming. I'm here. I'm Grace. I'm the CEO of Click Management. I'm here with my brother Elliot or Muselk online. And I'm super excited about today's episode. We've had an incredibly exciting week. There's a lot going on, especially today, that I'm really, really excited to get into. We're going to be talking about the release of Lannan's skin in Fortnite, which is literally happening as we're recording this episode right now. We're going to be talking about NFTs and we're going to be talking about Epic acquiring Fall Guys. But first of all, Elliot, how was your week? My week was good. It's uh, it's kind of it's a bit of a weird time in Fortnite. Epic just can't seem to make up their mind about how they want to handle the game, what they want to do with it. We kind of spent the first half of the season not really getting any updates and then eventually getting an occasional one. And now all of a sudden Epic's like, oh, and now we're going to unvault a new weapon every week and then revolt another one. So it's kind of weird. I feel like Epic, even after three and a bit years of Fortnite being out, Epic's very consistent in a lot of things. The one thing you can tell they still haven't figured out is how to do updates, like how to keep the game fresh. Mm -hmm. And literally them changing tack entirely halfway through the season is a very epic thing to do. It's not a very epic thing to do, but it's a very epic thing to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it's been kind of like, we've been getting a little bit of new content um, every week now when they unvault a new weapon, but nothing else that crazy. But it is getting towards the tail end of the season, which is very exciting because I believe uh, this season is slated to end on March 15, which is less than two weeks away now. Uh, which means then we're going to hopefully get an end of season event, hopefully get a bunch of end of season content, and then definitely get a whole bunch of content when the new season drops, which um, should be very, very good. Uh, Love but that I, for you. Yeah, I think people have liked this season, though. I think, I think Epic's done, they've done a good job. Good, good. Well, last week we promised that for people that leave a comment or um, a review on Apple Podcasts, on Watch Time, the podcast, we will answer a question or a comment uh, that you've made as a review. So we're doing that for our first time today. And the question is a really good one. The question is, why do you think shorts on YouTube hit the algorithm so hard? And do you think that short form content in 30 to 60 seconds is truly taking over? I have a lot of thoughts on this. But would you like to give your opinion first? Short content hits the algorithm hard because YouTube chooses for it to hit the algorithm hard is is my personal take oh, on that. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's just that like so whenever... So explain that for the people at home. It's not necessarily that it's super popular, but you think YouTube is pushing it in terms of popularity. Yeah, so so shorts aren't necessarily... I mean, I'm sure in, in a certain way they are. They're not competing against normal VOD content right. like other videos compete with each other, right? It's not like the YouTube algorithm is putting shorts in the same kind of view as a normal video and then it's comparing them like and like and deciding which one mm -hmm. it wants to promote more. YouTube has decided, no, okay, we think shorts, you know, that short form 60 second and less content is now like a big part of 
what we want the platform to involve. So that's a new feature that they've entirely created. It has its own display function, its own display section. It can also appear in your sidebar, but it also has its own you know, kind of area. Shelf. Now, naturally, when YouTube uh, has a new feature that they want people to use and they want to push, they want to incentivize that. So normally what you see when a new feature launches on YouTube is A, they give it a very kind of like a new, like its own dedicated section, kind of like YouTube stories when it mm. first came out. They give it its own dedicated section. It's a new feature, which means a lot of the time um, not as many creators are really kind of doing it yet because they're kind of like, oh, it's like a new thing. I'm going to see how it goes and other people do it and then I'll try it out later. Mm. Um, so what you end up with is this situation where YouTube has given this new content format this dedicated spotlight where it's very much in people's faces because they're yep. trying to be like, hey, you can also get this TikTok content on YouTube now, you know, stick around. Yep. Uh, but then you also, so on the demand side, getting lots of clicks and getting lots of kind of like push around that content. But then on the supply side from the creator end, not that many people are doing it. So you end up with a huge amount of like push and uh, people clicking on shorts, mm -hmm. but not nearly as much supply from the creator end yeah. because everyone is uh, hasn't really caught on. So yeah. it's the same thing with, with um, YouTube stories when they first dropped, where I, I remember I, I was um, chatting to... Cop and he was like, he was like, he was like, hey bro, get in here. Like, he's like, you wanna, you want a cheeky little tip? And I was like, yeah, yeah come on, give, give me a little tip. Was like, I was like, YouTube Shorts, give it a go. <laughs> stories. And I stories, stories. He was like, give it a go. And I literally posted a random story, like something so dumb. It was so awful. And I think at the time, you know, it was maybe growing by like three thousand subs a day. Like, like it was pretty. Fortnite doesn't really grow that much these days. Posted one story. Bam, 50,000 subs in a day just for putting a random story up. <laughs> Next day, 40,000, 40,000, 30. It was just insane because it, it was just YouTube was like, yep, yep, we, uh, we, we like stories. Like we want to promote stories as a yeah. feature. We're going to shove these in people's faces. So it's basically like guaranteeing yourself like the number one promoted spot in the sidebar or yeah. on the front page of anyone who is slightly relevant to you. I totally agree. And I think... To answer the second part of the question, I think that extra short form content, that like less than 60 second content is going to grow in popularity. I think it is taking over. And I think TikTok has completely dominated and driven that wave. And I feel as though we can see that in the way that other platforms are responding to that short form content. I still don't get why TikTok is the world's biggest success and Vine failed. I will never understand, but please, sorry, back on. You're not spending enough time on TikTok if you don't understand why TikTok is a massive success. No, I get why TikTok's a success. I don't understand why Vine wasn't a success. Right, okay, yeah, I get that. I think TikTok is doing a better job monetizing or advertising on the platform. But to put that aside and answer the actual question, you can see that in the way that Instagram is responding. They are incorporating new products that are basically TikTok, like Reels. YouTube is now responding with shorts, which is literally just TikTok. And I think um, I think there's a couple reasons for that. One, I think everyone's attention spans are just getting shorter and shorter. I couldn't tell you the last time that I sat down and watched a three-hour movie, let alone a two-and-a-half-hour movie. It, it feels like a massive commitment. I'm not a massive movie person anyway, but, but I feel as though everyone's attention spans are 100% getting shorter as we go on. And then number two, everyone wants to be a creator these days. 
And the barrier to entry to creating a TikTok or that less than 60 second short form content is much, much lower than what it takes to even create a YouTube video. So it used to be an actress or an actor and be in movies or TV shows or whatever. Barrier to entry, very high. You need to be in Hollywood. You need to be in the US, basically. You need to be exceeding over a lot of other people in a very competitive industry. YouTube comes along. YouTube allows everyone to be a creator. It still has some barriers to entry though. For someone to be able to go and create a Fortnite gameplay video, that's expensive. You need a good setup, you need a good camera, you need editing software. Like there's still a fair bit that goes into creating a YouTube video. But to create a TikTok, anyone can create a TikTok if you have a phone. Like that barrier Mm. to entry is so low and as a result, so many people are doing it and therefore you're getting an excessive amount of content. You're getting... um, a real democracy of content because you've got so, so many people doing it. Therefore, you're getting a lot of great stuff coming out of it because it's accessible. It's very, very easily digestible for short attention spans. And that is that is why I think, yeah, that extra short form content isn't going to go anywhere. I think it's going to gain in popularity. Absolutely. And the scrolling effect, it's just too easy. I was going to say, I think it's literally just such a symptom of us becoming more and more like ADHD as a society. Yeah, it actually is. It's like we we like we initially could no longer really engage with like 40 minute TV episodes. And then it was like kind of like, okay, so now it's like 10 minute YouTube videos. Now we can't even, we can't even stick to a 10 minute YouTube video. We're kind of like, nope, it's gotta be 10 seconds and give me that tiny hit of dopamine and then I'm out. Literally the I'm other day the I one. found myself watching a YouTube video and at the same time scrolling TikTok. I was like This has gone too far, but also I know I'm not the only one doing this. I know I'm not the only one doing this. Anyway, that's our answer on shorts. I don't think it's going anywhere. I do agree with Elliot. I think when new platforms want to push a new product like shorts, they need to understand very, very quickly whether or not it's going to be successful. They don't want to start new products and have to wait six to eight months to see if it has any traction. Therefore, they will probably artificially push its ability to succeed in the algorithm, which is why when you log on to YouTube now, you're seeing a lot of shorts content and you're seeing a lot of shorts channels growing very rapidly um, because people are wanting to get first mover advantage on that. So I hope that answers your question. And for other people that have questions or comments, whatever, please go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or in the comments of this video if you're watching on YouTube or on Twitter. We're pretty active as well. So you can ask a question there. That was a good question. I like That was a really good question. Really good question. Okay. But into our first topic of today, which I'm super excited to talk about um, because it has been a long time in the making and a long time that I haven't been able to talk about it. But we've got to talk about Lannan Laserbeam's skin releasing in Fortnite this week. He is the fifth person to release as part of the Icon series in Fortnite. Ninja was obviously first. We had Luzafruit, Lachlan, Gref, and now Lannan. And I think it's very cool that three of the five have been Australian. Like, that's nuts. And just says so much about the Australian Fortnite creator community. I think that's super, super cool. But our watch time audience might be interested to understand a little bit more about the process, a little bit more about how we think about Fortnite and how they're really just like next level in terms of the way that they embrace their creator community. Yeah, I mean, like everything from supporter creator early on, that was like, revolutionary i can't believe i don't think any game had ever really done that before i think the most you would ever see anything similar to supporter creator would be 
uh, kind of like referral links. I mean, I guess it kind of is referral links, but it's doing that in game. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that I think that Epic more than any any game developer ever has really embraced the creator community. Yeah. I think from um, yeah everything from icon skins to supporter creator to also just like I don't know. I, I feel like their um, their overall tone as a company is very much like relevant you know like you get the like you get the sense that they're very in touch with their community a lot of the time can't even really put my finger on why i think that but i do which is a good thing it's a good sentiment to have um and also like from a business standpoint beyond from just being like good guy epic um there is like this weird loyalty i feel like a lot of creators have to like developers that they actually like where it's not at the end of the day be the end of the like the make or break whether or not you'll stick with it or whether you'll go into something else but i i definitely think liking the developers that you make your content on is is only a big help and you've also seen how they utilize stuff like supporter creator when apex launched yes. and it was like apex apex legends launched they they noticed like a slight dip in player numbers and, and they're like oh well we don't want to lose traction here so like supporter creator is four times payout for the next blah blah and then they released soccer skins and every creator was like oh my god i need to keep making fortnite videos yeah. it has been a long long time in the making to make this skin i think we first started having conversations with epic around the icon series more than 18 months ago now like well over a year and a half ago and i think it was really cool talking with them at the time and just really seeing firsthand how much they understood how important the creator community had been to their success and obviously the icon series does incredibly well for Fortnite as well it probably is going to boost their players heaps over the next couple of weeks with land and skin being in definitely the game. make them a lot of money <laughs> yeah probably but also like super cool and and for a lot of games they could be quite pretentious i think around being like oh you creators are lucky to be able to play our games whereas i think epic really switches that and is like, we're lucky to have you and you have made Epic, you've yeah. made Fortnite part of what it is today. And it's true and like, it's quite, it's quite actually a sentimental moment, I think for me this morning to see Lannan playing this skin that is him in the game because Lannan and I met like two and a half years ago now and it was absolutely Fortnite that like brought us together in a working relationship. Lannan was living up on the Central Coast, I was living in Sydney I was doing I was managing creators through Click and and Lannan up at that until that point had never had management before and he just had this absolutely monumental blow up through playing Fortnite over that summer. He'd gone from being demonetized to suddenly getting 3 or 400 million views a month playing this game and his audience just completely exploded and as a result he moved to Sydney we met, we started the click house. He was integral in that. Everyone's lives have completely changed because of Fortnite over the last two and a half years. And so it is like a pretty amazing moment to see, you know, for him, it completely changed his life that now he's like immortalized in this game forever. You yeah. know what I mean? You know what else is interesting about the icon skins? And and this isn't me being, uh, trying to be negative or anything at all. I just think it's an, it's, it's something that I've noticed over the last few. It's just an interesting observation. Um, and I think it probably speaks to number one. I think a lot of people probably underestimate the time it takes from when like oh. the discussion around making an icon, uh, icon skin first starts to when 
like it actually ends up in the game. Like this is like well a well over a year, well over a year process to go from like it's it's crazy. But but the interesting thing I've found out is, or, or sorry, that I've I've been thinking about is if you look at every single icon skin in the game, with the sole exception of Lachlan, none of those people by the time their skin actually was in game really played Fortnite at all. I think Loserfruit's gotten slightly more back into it now, but when her skin came out, basically didn't play Fortnite. Ninja, when his game when his one came out, he'd already moved on to Valorant. Literally didn't play Fortnite at all. Greg didn't play Fortnite. Lannan still does stream Fortnite a lot to be yes. fair, but he hasn't made a video on it in in a few months. But um yeah, uh, that the, but there are still also so many YouTubers that have really stuck through. I I'd be surprised if Fresh didn't get one soon. But also, you know what's weird about Fresh? He doesn't really show his face. So it's kind of like the icon skins are always the like the person in real life in the game, their likeness. So I think that's an interesting thing to talk about because when we were talking about the concept for a skin, it's actually quite hard to think about what would your skin in Fortnite really look like. And for especially someone like Lannan, like Gingy is so iconic to Lannan. And so even when we started speaking to Epic and they were like, hey, would you be interested in having your own skin in Fortnite? I rem- like there was a period where Lannan was like, I already have my own skin in Fortnite. Like yeah. it's Gingy. Like I am Gingy. Like that is so I was like, Gingy to- is more Lannan than Lannan's literal face on a character. Right. And so it was quite a process to think about how do we create a skin that still feels really integral to who Lannan is when for a lot of big creators, they have their skin that is like, uh, the, you know, it's not theirs, but they're using something that feels like very much connected to them. Yeah, there was a whole process where we would speak about like, could we do like a gingy alternative? And, and you know, for Epic, I think they want to make sure that everything they're putting into the game feels original and fresh. And I love that like, with the back bling on Lannan's skin now, there's like a nod to Gingy with the little like mini Gingy. Um, I think that's like the perfect nod to like Lannan's past skin. The Epic, they really want all the skins in Fortnite to be like a superhero version of, of people, you know? They want everything to feel like incredible and amazing and like the skin's really cool and whatever. And I think it, it took a lot of back and forth thinking about what would make sense for Lannan. But I think going with the element of the tradie skin, which is basically like a very Australian nod to like a construction worker, basically, which is what Lannan used to do pre-YouTube. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Is like the perfect every Which he'll hero. always make sure to tell you about. Yes. yes. <laughs> Hi, but my I name's think- Lennon. I used to work in construction. <laughs> <laughs> he does He does love to remind everyone that. It's funny because uh, I've spoken to Lennon's dad and Lennon's yeah. dad's like, dude, you did it for like six months. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like you sat in my worksite office for six months. Shut up. <laughs> No, but I actually, I do think it's amazing and I think um, I think it's the perfect nod to Lannan because Lannan's also like not a superhero, you know what I mean? Like he's not out there being like, I'm the best at Fortnite and this is incredible. Yeah. Like I think I think 
Epic um, did an amazing job. His brand is almost anti-superhero. Exactly, exactly. And I think Epic did a really, really good job, like, challenging us to think about how you could make it amazing, but also making sure it felt authentic to the creator. And through the whole process, absolutely the whole process, I would say Epic's done such a good job with that. For a big company that obviously, you know, even up to the last couple months where we've been making marketing plans for release and that sort of thing, and we've got the tournament happening tomorrow, they've really been very true to Lannan in making mm. sure that it's like, okay, we're not forcing you to do some like super polished tournament that like may be maybe more of a fit for like a Lachlan, for example. They're like, how can we make this super fun and Mimi and... Lockies was literally pickaxe only. I don't know if I'd call that super polished. Okay, but like, you know what I mean? Like Lachlan's skin looks super <laughs> yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. Um, Very clean, very ninja-esque. Yeah, very clean. Whereas Lannan's like, you know, I think they've done a good, really good job making it authentic. Yeah to the person. No, I think it's um I think icon skins are one of the coolest things that uh Epic has done. I would say generally them as a brand have always leaned on the side of generosity when mm. it comes to like you don't you don't I, I don't get the sense that Epic's doing calculations that's like, okay, what is the bare minimum that we could get away with no. uh, investing in the creator side of the community to keep them engaged. I think a lot of the time they're very much like, no, like Go over you know, and above. Yeah, go over and above. Make sure everyone's like having a good time and happy and feels totally. appreciated and then go from there. And I think totally. you can definitely see that returning dividends in their success. Yes, absolutely. The other thing I would have to say, it has been illuminating to just see how many people and how many different groups of people on Epic side are involved in making sure that a skin is released and the way that they do it. Like it gives you, you know, a lot of people like shit on developers sometimes being like, oh, that patch wasn't perfect or like this didn't happen as, as smooth as it should have or whatever. This process has given me such an appreciation for how many people are involved in this. Mm. Like for example, this is literally just over the last few weeks, let alone the process of getting like the original drawings done, the original concepts done, Thinking about like how the skin works with the physics in Fortnite, like how big can different elements of the skin be? How does um, the back bling operate? How does the emote work in terms of like, you know, how it interacts with other elements of the game? And then we had um, a few days there where Lannan's voice was on the Fortnite radios in game and the sound technicians that were all involved in making sure we got the right sounds and the right scripts and the right words and then the team organising the blog and making sure that the font, we could do it in Comic Sans because that's Lannan and like the social media team and how that interacts like there's just literally been so many different people mm. involved to make it a reality that for me has been something that's been really really cool to be a part of just to see how much really goes into making sure that the end player has a really positive playing experience and it goes into the game and it's not janky and it's working perfectly. It turns out that billion dollar companies that build the biggest games in the world are not run by a single dude sitting in a basement. They're absolutely not. But like the speed at which they're working and the amount of people that are interacting with each other to make it a reality, it's it's like crazy. It's been a really, really amazing process to yeah. be a part of. All right, let's get into our short topic of the day, which is Grimes, Elon Musk's wife, who made, how much did she make? 7.5 7. Yeah. million US dollars in 20 minutes oh. selling an NFT. Guys, we're back on the NFT grind. Uh. I've never got off it over it this week. It just feels like cheating. To you be, know why? To be honest, 
Like, don't want to give any sneak peeks, but might, might fuck around and drop an NFT. I'm um, definitely going to. You know what? You know the weird thing? It's like, and I know you can say this about so many things in our world these days because the world's increasingly more digital. It's like not only do NFTs confuse me a little bit around like, you know, why you would pay for a digital item, pay that much for a digital item that can be duplicated in a pixel sense. Just the fact that. And I know this is so dumb because we're in a digital world and you can say this about so many things. It doesn't have any unit cost, if you know what I mean. Like beyond actually doing the original drawing. Like Elliot, a painting. You're I know, way too I many know. questions. A painting, you have to buy a canvas and then you have to buy the oil paints and the brushes and then you need to like do it and you might screw it up and then you got to get another canvas and paint it again. And I'm like, but it's just pixels in Photoshop. Guys, you can't pay $7 million for it. He's a boomer. He doesn't I'm literally get it. a boomer. He literally just doesn't get it. Oh, God. Anyway, I also have to say what I think is really funny about this story is everyone's like, oh, Grimes made $7.5 million. I'm like, guys, guys, she's married to Elon. <laughs> she's married to Elon. Like, they probably go home at the end of the day and, like, they're having dinner and Elon's like, oh, what did you do today, honey? And she's like, I made $7.5 million in 20 minutes. And he's probably like, oh, that's Aww, cute. That's nice. You, you, you can yeah. grab dinner tonight. You can yeah. buy dinner. <laughs> Been to Mars anytime recently? No, maybe do something with your fucking life. <laughs> Um, it's probably just you know like you know like when people like secretly support their like partner behind the scenes and don't let them know it's probably Elon just like secretly bidding on all her NFTs behind the scenes he's like I got you honey yeah it's like oh babe that's so awesome and the good thing is you don't even it's not like if he bought a real painting he'd have to actually physically hide it somewhere you can just keep that in the USB (laughs) she'll never know that he was the one that bought it I think it's super funny but it is amazing and I saw a graph this morning that was showing uh you know the google search terms how you can see like google search terms over time Mm. and just how much search terms for nfts has literally exploded in the last three weeks literally the last three weeks it's just exponentially being talked about more on the internet it's really interesting i don't know if it's a bubble we have had a couple of meetings over the last few days about nfts and it's been an amazing space like that's the kind of thing where in this job I'm like, this is so random and I'm so glad that I get to learn about this and it's like quite practical for what we're doing. But it's really interesting because we had one meeting in the morning where we were speaking with this guy and he was just like, look, I think this is a really cool space. I think we should jump on it. We should make the most of it while it's here. He's like, but I think it's a bubble. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that like NFTs are the future and that's where we're going to be and everything's moving that way over the next year or so. And I was like, yeah, feels reasonable, like whatever. And then we walked into a meeting literally three and a half hours later and this guy is like, NFTs are the future. They're not going anywhere. And I was just like, oh my God. You know, but, but I'll tell you what, I, I think in that second meeting we had, um, I think it was probably the best way uh, that I've had the crazy prices described to me, which was, I think you used the analogy of like, you know, normally if you were to say be at a bar and buy like a $60 shot or like a really yeah. nice scotch, you'd be like, wow, $60, that's a lot for a drink. Like, I oh, don't know. But if you're at a casino and you've just won a million dollars on Literally. a single roulette spin and you go to the bar and they're like, oh yeah, $50 for a drink. You're like, $50, give me 10, you know? Yeah. Like, so right now, because you're paying for NFTs in crypto and crypto has soared so much recently, so many people, they're, uh, they're literally sitting here. Back to the 
actual dollar. Number one, they feel like their spending power is really high because they've made so much money recently, those people who are holding crypto. But number two, and I think this one's kind of key for me, and don't get me wrong, this isn't totally true, but it also is true. If I have $100 in my wallet right now, I can, I know I could, I could cross the road. I could get, you know, food at the restaurant across the road. I could go to the corner store. I could buy 50 different chocolate bars. I could do there's so much. I have so many options yeah. how I can immediately action that $100. Yep. Yep. But if I have $100 in cryptocurrency, I'm like, oh, yes, technically I can cash this out into traditional money. But also, I don't have that many immediate ways to action it uh, yeah. while it's in crypto form. So a lot of people are sitting there and, you know, they say they've got like, you know, like, a, 50, 60 F Ethereum in their uh, in their wallet. And then they see like an NFT come up and the NFT is like one Ethereum, two Ethereum, like um, Logan Paul's was. I'm like, oh, I've got like 60. And they're not, they're not making, I think, as much of like the mental trade decision that you yes. normally do. Normally, if you're like, if something's priced at $2,000, like, okay, that's $2,000. What else could I buy for $2,000? I could buy that really, really nice handbag. I could go out for like five nice dinners. I could, a lot of different options yeah. there. So, but because it's all in crypto, you're not making that trade-off as much, which is why I think the numbers that you're getting behind some of these things are so insane. I agree. I think it'll be really, really interesting to see what happens. I think it's obviously a little bit of a trend right now. I'll be super curious to see over the next few weeks what more creators release NFTs. I think that mm. will absolutely be a little a little bump. Bubble. All right. Third topic, let's get into it, Fall Guys. Epic Games uh, bought the developers of Fall Guys. I'm mental blanking on the studio name right now for some reason. Bought the developers of Fall Guys, which is, I I, I think Epic right now is just- They're in acquisition mode. They're right in acquisition now. mode, yeah. Bought, uh, obviously they bought Rocket League, uh, Fall Guys. I think that they're very, uh, in terms of the games that they target, I think they're, they're very, yeah, very smart. Yeah, if you were Epic- why would you be interested in Fall Guys developers? Well, I, th- so that was actually also my question though, right? Because I- I, I was hoping you'd have the answer. <laughs> well, obviously I think Fall Guys is uh, a game that very, I, I can understand why they would want to have control over Fall Guys as an IP and as a game, mm-hmm. because it very much fits into their whole ecosystem business model. Yes. Number one, it's uh, very much a, a, uh, relatively simple game with huge replayability, which I think is very much what Epic targets. Look at Fortnite, relatively simple game, infinite replayability. Yeah. Same with Rocket League, same with Four Guys. It's it's the same format, but it's just the kind of thing that you want to do again and again and again yeah. and again and again. Uh, it also fits into the more free-to-play model. It also fits into the season pass model that they yeah. really, really enjoy. Um, so I, I think obviously in terms of like an ecosystem culture sense, it... it Acquisition of Fall Guys makes sense to me. I do always wonder though, with uh, when studios are acquired, I'm like, and this is very much me just not having the full understanding. With a company the size of Epic, you would think that um, they would more do, and maybe this is just because I always grew up with like Steam as, sorry, Valve as more part of my like understanding yeah. of how a game developer works. What Valve does and what Blizzard does and what a lot of big developers do is they survey the ecosystem. They take a look at what game's doing well and then they're like, okay, let's take that idea and let's put a slight twist in it and just do it ourselves. And then yeah. that way we just own it completely. That's what, you know, Steam, what, the, Valve, they did that with uh, Counter-Strike. It was initially a mod for a game. They turned it into an entirely owned thing and 
Now it's huge for them. Same with Dota. It was a mod for a Blizzard game, well, the, the Warcraft mod, and um, they turned that into a whole different IP. So I think I, my only question is just when I see a development studio like Epic Games, who mm. clearly has a large number of developers and a large number and an infinite cash flow that they could fund with, and they, I, I, I just wonder, you know, obviously people who work at um, development studios, like the one that made Fall Guys, what stops them from just going and poaching all the developers or just going to their own development team and making their own version of Fall Guys, which yeah. I'm sure they'd be able to do very well. But also at the end of the day, I think what's interesting about it is they clearly must see longevity in Fall Guys as an IP. I think that's- well, that's what I was going to say is really interesting because obviously Fall Guys had a huge moment last yeah. year. Insane. Insane. And they took away a lot of player base at the time from Fortnite into yeah. Fall Guys. It's just Came a phase, really mom. Fast and, and it did go away really fast. Like yeah. I don't see many people playing Fall Guys anymore. So I'll be really interested to see what Epic actually chooses to do with it because, um, yeah, they must they must see longevity in, in the title and, and the potential that it holds. Yeah, I, I definitely, I'd be very curious now if they're just planning on making a Fall Guys 2 because I do think that, um, I think Fall Guys is like a format for a game is so smart and it's really, really cool. Yeah. And even though like obviously we don't see it talked about nearly as much on YouTube or, or see as many people streaming it anymore, I'm sure it's still widely popular and has oh, a lot yeah. of people playing it. I, I often have to remind myself the bubble I see of gaming is a, is a bubble, you yeah. know? It's, an, it's a small insight into, okay, what's great to create content on? And I think the content element of gaming is a critical part of the industry. That's not going anywhere. It's absolutely important. I think a lot of developers need to keep that front of mind when they're creating games now. But there are still so many games that aren't as big in the content world or not as big in like the pop culture element of gaming, but are still super popular. I, mm. I oftentimes remind myself of that because yeah. I forget because I don't see it online as much. Yeah, I, I think that obviously I think they're probably going to end up moving into releasing a Fall Guys 2 or I, I don't know. I just don't think that currently the way they're developing the game, which is just releasing new seasons, mm. I think that they're going to need to do something big to just inject yeah. a bunch of growth again. But I definitely think they can do that. I, I, I would be very interested to see if they can combine what they did with Fall Guys initially, which is just that really, really fun kind of yeah. mini battle royale mode. And if they can combine that with some of Epic's obviously powerhouse of game development to figure out a way to develop that format even further and have that kind of like party game battle royale, yeah. but actually give it slightly more. Cause obviously at the end of the day, the problem with four guys was after a while you've played all the game modes enough times you get tired of it. I think it's really cool. I think it's interesting. You can see a lot of the, even, you know, beyond you can see that, Maybe Fall Guys was inspired by Fortnite. Like that colourful element, you know, it's light, it's bright, it's attractive to look at, it's fun. Like the characters are cute. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's that similarity there. We will see. We will see. All right, guys. I think that about wraps us up for this week. Thank you for listening to Watch Time. Again, remember to go and rate and review the podcast on Apple or leave us a comment on YouTube and we will be sure to answer it for next week's video. And go check out Lannan's skin in the Fortnite go item check store. Out yeah. Skin, use code LASER and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.